And we're at the last week of our month of Halloween films. I can't believe it. This month has been, I mean, a horror show, literally and figuratively. So it's, it's, I'm, I'm glad that it's coming to an end. It's coming to an end. And we're going to, and we're going to have another guest on today. This has been a big month for guests. Returning guests. Returning guests. Yes. Yeah. All three. I know. Can't get enough. No. Look, we're just thrilled people agree to come back. That's, that's the truth of it. That is the unvarnished truth. Unvarnished. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's let the delight begin. Okay. I am Chrissy. And I'm Anne. And this is the podcast where we do get returning guests. How about that? That's right. They're, they're clamoring to come back to that's outrageous. That's <laughs> yeah, right. Clamoring. Clamoring. <laughs> All right. Well, Anne, we're going to start with a story that is really, truly, truly outrageous. Okay. You sent this story to me. Uh, it is. And once again, through to form, I have no idea what this story is. Oh, I'm sure this is going to come back to you. I'm sure it is. Okay. This is about a middle school in, <laughs> talk about a horror show. This is about a middle school in Michigan okay. where a local high school sophomore, a young woman, won a contest to paint a mural at the middle school. Okay. She then went ahead and painted the mural, which if you Google this, you can see it because I think see, seeing would make this even more outrageous that drew so much ire from the parents in the community. Oh God. Because they claim that this mural <laughs> contains LGBTQ propaganda. <laughs> what does that mean? trying to trying no, to I know but I mean what what did what did she draw in there like super hot people of the same sex having sex like what she no these are cart it's literally like a child's cartoon I'm not even kidding it's like it's people are insane okay go ahead yes sorry also a depiction of Satan and messages of witchcraft if only that part was true and we could send all of these people just right to hell. Can we do that? Can I summon that? I would I would be thrilled if someone created a mural that did have Satan and we could go ahead and just send these fucking idiots right on down. Yeah, well there is she there's several there's several characters in this mural. One <laughs> it's so is, dumb. It's like laughable, but not right. I could look at this mural all day and be like what I couldn't dream up what they've dreamed up. Here's what should happen. All of the parents of these children, these parents that are seeing these image, this imagery need to have their children taken away from them. That's what needs to happen for, for real, because they're all nuts. Well, there's, okay. So there's one character, this poor little girl, this poor girl is just trying to do something nice and create a, I'm sure a lovely mural. And now she's being branded some sort of made I, oh god i hate people are i just i can't i can't uh-uh no, well there was a meeting and the the artist was there and left crying she literally was bullied by a group of parents and insane left people crying. not let's not say a group of parents like they're a, a bunch of concerned people they're a bunch of <laughs> fucking mentally ill losers <laughs> that like to imagine whatever the 
the insane talking points are that are ruining children today. And you know who's ruining children? People like them. And they're disgusting people. And seriously, let's get a coven going and let's do some real fucking witchcraft mural shit. Well, this, here's the thing. I think these people certainly have had to, okay. I'm a naive person by nature. I'll just say that. <laughs> I, I will put that out there. I, a lot goes over my head. Full disclosure. Yeah. <laughs> but I think they would have to be studying stuff like this in order to be seeing it in the mural. Well, that's what they say. I mean, did you, I just read the other day. Did you hear about the con the like, I don't know what he was running for. Somebody's running for office somewhere. And his main platform was like, I think it was the same kind of thing, like keep your, you know, L LGBT people away from children. And then he was found masturbating out in front of a preschool. <laughs> you can't make this shit up. I mean, I think sometimes it's projection. It's like these things they're seeing and imagining or there is their own is their own thing. Right. Well, yes. Again, I'll just say there's one girl in the in the in the mural who's wearing a now i don't know this she, she's wearing a pink top a royal blue bottom and an overlapping purple stripe in the middle all right and that is supposed to be the colors of the bisexual flag okay but do you know that do you look at you're like oh there's clearly subversive messages here that's the bisexual flag so in other words, if a person is to wear pink and blue and purple, <laughs> yes. they are endorsing bisexuality? Is that the thinking? They're sending subliminal, subversive messages okay. about bisexuality. I, I've, I've had enough of that. I, this, this, is, this is insane. And I, I, I just cannot tolerate bullshit at this point in my life. I just don't have it in me. I feel awful for this little girl. I think it's disgusting. And I hope somebody like does something nice for her and lets her make a mural, a huge mural. The state of Michigan, honestly, like somebody, some normal politician needs to get involved here and like help this girl because this is disgusting. Yeah, well, they 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 had people who said that they need counselors in the school. <laughs> they do because they're they have to, you know who needs the counselors? The, the children of these parents. They need counselors. They need child protective. They're saying these kids need to have their brains fixed. This is literally like, remember the movie Footloose where they had the dancing and they thought yeah. that was like the devil's work? Yes. And again, John Lithgow was insane as well. Yeah. Yes. So this poor girl w w went to this meeting to try to allay people's fears. And she said, I put my artwork up there to make people feel welcomed. <laughs> oh, you know what? She can't win. Did they just said her? Oh, here comes Jack. You, you can't, you can't win. So she should just keep on doing her art and making herself happy and tell those losers to go straight to hell. Well, let me just say one woman's response to that was, I think she did a good job finding the excuses to defend the things she put up. None <laughs> of us are that stupid. <laughs> um, well, on that note, let me admit, Jack, that's, um, that's great. What a quote. So we have back everybody since it's, Halloween month, our resident horror movie expert, Jackson Nye. Oh, hey. And he's back. Hello. Hey, thanks for having me back and everything. It was, uh, it was yeah, it's going to be great. We're thrilled. 
Oh, oh, one other thing too. Just you know, I invited a guest on myself. Just you know, a, a co-host, if you will. Oh. Um, Academy Award winner Nicholas Cage will be joining me today. What an honor! Yes. That is an honor. Thank you. I thank you, Chrissy. All right, it's a great, it's a great honor to be here. <laughs> oh, I think he might have something wrong with his voice. He has to get that checked out. I'll, I'll get on that. All right. Yeah, he's going so to exciting. We get full A-listers. well i have to say when we were doing a halloween month i said to ann jack back on because you seemed to have a deep knowledge of the horror genre and who better to have back on hey well I, i appreciate it thanks i'm always i'm always eager to talk about this stuff he knows all of them any movie i text him i'll go have you heard of this he's it's like not only have i heard of it Here's the exclusive Blu-ray that was issued in 1997. 20 printings. I'm like, oh, for Christ's sake. Yeah. I don't think I've stumped, actually I've stumped you once. I just stumped there's, you. There's there's some that I'd be like, oh yeah. I mean, all these, there's a bunch of companies out there that release these random movies from the eighties, you know, that have only been released on VHS. I've never heard of. And then I'll watch it and be like, oh, this is incredible. I love every second of this. Yeah. He knows them all. You can't really can't stump them. I stumped you with the TV movie I watched the other night was starring Dennis Weaver. You have not I seen that. that one. Yeah, I didn't know that. The Dark, something The Dark. It was called like, yeah, Don't don't Go to Sleep or something, which is fun, by the way. People should watch yeah. it. But I was very proud of myself. Yeah. They would have stopped you. There's some, good, there's some good ones out there. Well, people can't see, but your background is literally, I don't know, 500 DVDs <laughs> behind you? Uh, there's a whole bunch. Um, <laughs> I actually think 500 is not enough. No. Yeah, you got classics like Phantom of the Mall, wow. Eric's Revenge, uh, <laughs> Polly Shore's first film. Oh. Uh, <laughs> that actually sounds good. Uh, the double feature of Ghost House and Witchery. Uh, Witchery has wait, yeah uh, David Hasselhoff and Linda Blair. And guess what? Linda Blair gets possessed in it. Oh, my God. Docker. How did we miss that one, Anne? That was, I don't know. We got to do that next year. It's a good one. I like Witch Board with Tawny Katane. That one rules. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that one's awesome. Yeah. I love, yeah. Yeah. Oh, look at that. And then he has the Witch, has witch Board. Oh, witch gosh. Board rules. The other thing is you know exactly where all these are. You're not even like searching. You're just going there and pulling them out. And I think I've told you this before. Is witch Board and Witch Trap. Okay, <laughs> so they, they were directed by the same guy. And the ghost is the same actor. And if you look, the posters are like exactly the same. But I'm going to try to, there is literally a thing on here that says not a sequel to Witch Board. <laughs> it's wow. not a sequel because it's the same movie. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think they started making a sequel halfway through and then they were like, uh, no, it's not a sequel anymore. Don't, everyone would ask, it's not a sequel. For legal reasons, we can't call it which one. I don't understand it, but both rule. Oh my God, I love it. Well, we decided to watch a real classic. A real classic that Chrissy has never seen. Shocker. It truly really is a, cl- like a classic, not even a horror movie. Like It is just a classic movie. Rosemary's Baby. Yes. Directed by Roman Polanski, which I, I have to say, I'm such a hypocrite because I'm all in on Polanski movies. I can't help myself. I'm like, fuck yeah, Chinatown. But I can't, uh, you know, if it's Woody Allen, I'm like, you know, ready to push him down a flight of stairs. But for some reason, Roman Polanski, I'm like, it's fine. I'll watch it. 
I mean, yeah, I think, you know, he gets a pass because of the Manson stuff. I think I genuinely think that, like, gets him, like, a pass with things, with just these people's mentality, especially back back then when everything happened. Yeah, maybe he gets a little, like, point, like, sympathy points. I don't know. Yeah, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, this is probably, yeah, one of my top, top five favorites. Um, every time I watch it, I notice something new and different and realize, like, it's one of the few movies where every every line of dialogue is like genuinely important to the uh to the plot. Yeah, there's no wasted film. Like every every scene has a purpose. Yeah, yeah. And like I said, I watched it last night again for the ten thousandth time and noticed another little detail every single time. I'd be like, oh well, this is part of it here. Did you want to give like a general plot for those who haven't? I think we should do a general plot because I, I did watch it with my husband. He hadn't seen it either, so I don't think it's um, well, it's an old movie that's all i'm gonna say i know it's a classic i know it's a classic yeah but i think it it would be beneficial to the listening audience to give a summation of the plot yes okay who wants to do that <laughs> I, I, I can do that Jack, you do it give us a summation of of this plot and can i just point out one thing that i know you noticed i didn't realize that it was that william castle was a producer on this movie I was thinking about that last time I watched it too. I always forget every single time I see it that he, I think, I haven't really looked into it too much. I think somehow he just scored the rights to it. Yeah. When the book came out. I think he just was the first one to to jump in and, and grab the rights and just said, yeah, I'm gonna, this is gonna be good. I need to, I need to take this one more seriously. We're pulling out the big guns. Yeah. He, you know, must watch Repulsion and which if you haven't seen Repulsion for Plancy's first movie, that one's bonkers. I did just read that he did get the rights and he wanted to direct it, but Robert Evans, this was a Paramount film. Robert Evans was not going to let him direct it because he was known as a low budget horror film director. He's like, we're not going to have like, you know, a skeleton dangle down from the ceiling at any point. So, yeah. yeah. So he, so he is the producer, but they hired a, they obviously they hired Robin Polanski. They wanted Alfred Hitchcock. Hitchcock turned it down. But he does have a cameo, William Castle. I don't know if you know that. He is the older gentleman that's waiting to get into the phone booth. Oh, yeah. I actually didn't know that, but that would make sense. Ah, there, I got one for you. You stumped him. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the guy at the beginning who plays the real... Okay, well, I mean, I guess I'll give the general yes. plot yes, here. Let's um, give the plot. Uh, Rosemary and her husband, Guy Woodhouse, Rosemary Woodhouse, too, that's her name, are uh, moving in to a fancy new house or apartment in New York City at the Brownstone, you know, area that here. It's a really nice place. And there's, uh, in the first scene, there's already weird stuff going on, just weird plants around. Uh, an old lady lived there and things were moved around that an old lady couldn't move around. He's dead. Oh yeah, she dies suddenly and they're able to get this house, this beautiful place that, you know, a, a nice prize because they're like rent control and shit. Yeah, it had to be rent control, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't even know if they say that, but you just, I just assume that because like, you've got to make sense of some things. I call that, I call that the friend syndrome. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I'm like, God, I, I might do some shady things for that apartment. Um, but they find out that the, uh, the apartment has had like a weird history, like a hundred years ago, some, uh, some serial killers and cannibals and Satanists live there at different times and stuff through there. You know, but that was like a hundred years ago. They kind of put it off as just, you know, time. Um, then some nosy neighbors come around, old ladies played uh, by the wonderful uh, Ruth Gordon, who won an Oscar for her performance as the nosy neighbor. Uh, and Sydney Blackmore is her husband, who's a little more reserved and a little more pompous. Um, but anyway, so, you know, Rosemary, um, and Guy try to get pregnant, you know, eventually they do, but, uh, everyone starts kind of taking over 
things things aren't yeah it's it gets a little uh dicey once so yeah after that point things are normal at first and then things starts getting weird ruth gordon starts trying to take over controlling like her medicine and stuff giving her like you know weird drinks and like making her eat like raw meat and stuff (laughs) and then she starts having weird dreams too i forgot about the dreams that's kind of was the polanski stuff i think yeah uh, dream sequences i don't think hitchcock uh, would have done that stuff quite as much. Yeah, that's the best scene in the movie where she's oh, yeah. hallucinating. Yeah, that was pretty sweet seeing all that. And you know, again, watching it, Tommy noticed another thing. I didn't. I noticed again for the last time. There's a hallucination scene that uh, just some parallels. The she's on a boat at one point, and the guy driving the boat was also the elevator operator in the building. I never, I never noticed that until to watching it last night. So we, it's so it's like so Rosemary. So they move into this place. Rosemary's that's yeah. pregnant. Can I just say? Go ahead. Just one quick thing. I think we're leaving out the fact that she befriends that young woman next door. Who oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot. Yeah. It's a, there's a lot going on here. So, yeah, she meets yeah. a nice, uh, young girl in there. Uh, they become friends. Um, she shows her an odd little necklace she has uh, and tells her that she lives with the older couple, the cast of vets, uh, Ruth Gordon and Sydney Blackmer. Uh, she talked to her. And then the next day, uh, the girl jumps out the window and kills herself supposedly supposedly yeah. yes. she's dead on the ground which that's what leads the cast of vets to become more nosy and rosemary's life trying to take over for as a, like a replacement so yeah and then a uh, guy starts uh, becoming a lot closer with them um and starts having some a rash of good luck where he he's an actor and starts getting some uh, bigger bigger roles and things like that as he gets closer yeah. and closer to them. all of a sudden like all the all the obstacles in his way the people meet misfortune so the yeah. guy who's gonna star in the play for the party didn't get suddenly becomes blind and so god gets the part wakes up one day blind yeah it's like <laughs> it happens um so yeah guy starts getting some good luck and um uh as rosemary uh learns she's pregnant and starts drinking those drinks she actually starts losing weight and getting more gone and you know mia farrow's a, a little lady already so um she starts losing it and then she cuts her hair uh from vidal sassoon it's a vidal sassoon that's the best uh, yeah castavets was not like he was like a real jerk about it like he was not that he was like oh, that's like crap first of all i mean i think we can say he may be the worst um husband <laughs> in any he's movie. pretty terrible i think just all around i, I i'm gonna say what is, at one point when she's talking to her friends who said to go see another doctor he calls them like loud mouth bitches or something yeah. he's he's, he's <laughs> he didn't even do what he did just in general he's a piece of garbage oh yeah he treats her i think oh, yeah. i was trying to think of it in the in the time period like the late 60s but i was like even for the late 60s he's rather misogynistic like he doesn't like at one point she's trying to read up to figure out why she feels so bad he's like stop reading these books it's basically like stop trying to educate yourself yeah just stay here and do exactly what i want you to do don't talk i want to isolate you from all of your friends so that you are basically stuck being subservient Mm -hmm. to his whims and the whims of the older couple, uh, Minnie and Roman next door. Who have, and they send her to their, you their know. special doctor who, who's renowned and he actually does have like, you know, other people know who he is. So he has a lot of, uh, yeah, well, 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 he's well known. So he, she listens to him. Abraham Sapastein. Yes. This sounds like a fancy doctor. That sounds fancy. Yeah. And I do love Ralph Bellamy. So I probably yeah. would be him too, but yeah. He had a C. Everett Coop look to him. There. Oh, he does. Yeah, he really did. He had that coop. Oh my God. But so here, so here's the thing. What we end up finding out 
slowly but surely, because again, Rosemary's feeling terrible. She's not understanding what's going on. She, the first night guy says, I figured it all out. This is the night we can get pregnant. She eats a dessert that was prepared by the neighbor Mm -hmm. and she basically was drugged and she falls down. Cut to that amazing, disturbing scene where she's hallucinating and the boat and seeing things and trying to put things together because she didn't eat the whole dessert. Theoretically, she should have been completely knocked out, but she ate a little bit again because her husband was pouting and was like, finish eating it. So she dumps the rest out. So she's still slightly aware of what's happening around her. And she's dreaming, she thinks that she is being raped when in fact she was being raped by the devil. And (laughs) the next morning, but, you know, but she doesn't know that's what really happened. She wakes up the next morning and her husband is like, yeah, I full um, raped you at nighttime just because I knew it was. Yeah, he's like, I didn't want to miss out. Yeah, he's like, I didn't want to miss out and it was kind of fun. And then that alone, yeah. I mean, even in the 60s, I think someone might go, that's that's questionable behavior. But um, that was a bit much. Yeah, so she, <laughs> yeah, she's covered with, with scratches all over her body. So she's thinking she's imagined all this thrilled to find out she's pregnant, feeling ill, all of that kind of stuff. And her friend, Hutch, who was like just a a pal of hers, starts putting pieces together and wants to meet with her. Of course, he turns up dead as one does. And she finally gets her hands on this, this witchcraft book. And she starts putting the pieces together. Like all of the things that she's seeing and hearing are making sense are starting to line up in this book that hutch left for her that hutch left for her hutch had already when he was their landlord when they were looking at the apartment he was warning them not he was the first one to say don't move into that apartment really weird things go on there Sat- he th- he's even said satanic stuff has happened there and they're like ha 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 yeah here's my question and i don't know if it's answered and i was thinking about this watching it again does does guy know ahead of time going into that apartment like has he already made the deal with the satanic cult if not he got tur- they turned him around real quick in like two nights i don't think so because yeah i think he was just a desperate actor at that point kind of uh because yeah the only thing like yeah it could be that because it, it is a nice place they kind of jumped into without really having a lot of money and the woman that. was dead and like how did they i was trying like the circumstances in which they found right. out about the apartment obviously they killed the old lady that used to live there mm-hmm. And he got on board with this plan. The plan was to allow his wife to be impregnated by Satan himself. And then he would then reap the benefits, get these yeah. parts, reap the benefits and get like good acting parts. Yeah. Become rich and famous, the riches to the, to yeah. the But he seemed to sign on to that real quick, like two, two dinners and he was on board. Yeah, well, I think that shows too, like like we said, his personality, like he's a shitbag in general. Like, yeah, I mean, that, yeah, that's understatement. <laughs> he's like, that's cool. And then, the, and, but the plan was, and then they would, she would have this baby. They would take take the baby and do whatever it is they yeah. do with it. And that would be the end of it. And so guys like, cool. Yeah, well, I think that in that first meeting, when they go over to Minnie and Roman's apartment, Roman has seen him in a play, which seems far-fetched, and he's complimenting his performance and the choices he made. Yeah, it gets very specific in, like, the hand movements and all that, so he's buttering him up real. 
So I almost also think it's sort of a commentary on actors being very, uh, they need a lot of positive reinforcement and then therefore they'll be susceptible to anything really. So yes, his, his signing on to this plan was very quick, but I think, uh, I think Roman was, you know, he was work, he was working the, the devil angle. The devil's a very powerful entity. Oh, and I also want to point out Charles Grodin, who, because everybody knows how much I love Charles Grodin. He plays her original doctor. So that's what I don't know, is if he is part of the conspiracy or no. He's just a good doctor and just is like, she, she's off her rocker and needs some help. That's what I think. So what, what ends up happening is Rosemary's smart. She figured it all out. She's figured everything out. She knows what they're doing. She knows who's in on it. And she goes back to Dr. Hill, because at this point, she's going to give birth momentarily. And she's thinking they're going to take this baby and sacrifice it is what she doesn't realize she actually is carrying the spawn of the devil. She thinks they're just going to sacrifice her baby. She goes to Dr. Hill, explains the entire story, totally accurate. But I mean, she sounds mentally unwell. Yeah. She finally thinks she's it's you feel so sad for her because she finally feels like, okay, I'm going to be okay. And then who walks in is the husband and Saperstein because Dr. Hill you know, hysterical woman who was a sick. Well, you know what? They probably would do it in this day and age too. Calls the husband and the doctor and have them come and like retrieve her. Well, because the other thing was that that Dr. Saperstein, even though he was in cahoots with the satanic cult, he did have a good reputation. He was a well-respected doctor. Yeah. Yeah. Because even Hutch said that he had delivered two of his grandchildren. So he was widely known in New York city as a respected doctor. Yeah. So therefore, when Dr. Hill has the hysterical um, Rosemary in his thing, in his office, it wouldn't be that far-fetched for him to say, maybe I should just call yeah. your doctor and have them come take you. Where really, she should have just gone to a hospital. Yeah. She had a lot of opportunities in there, but you know, they, they were pulling her left and right. She couldn't win. So one thing I still don't know after watching it is there's one part where she starts to kind of put pieces together and she stops taking the drink and she tells Guy, like, I, I want to stop. I want to go to Dr. Hill. I want to do all this because she's it keeps having all this pain. She said something's not right. And then while she's saying all this, it just goes away. And I'm trying to think, like, are the the the, the devil worshippers conjuring something? And then Probably. Like, you know, I say I was never sure, like, how, why it goes away. If, like, they orchestrated that or it just, you know, whatever their gestation of the devil baby just happened to end at that time well you know that's the whole thing too it's who knew that you know satan required specific vitamins i didn't but he apparently <laughs> a lot of protein there are certain certain things that that satan i guess needs to be healthy and strong and i guess is not good for a hu- human yeah. yeah i agree with you i had the same question though because it all did happen it literally happened in the span of a conversation she was like i don't i'm not feeling well i'm not doing this anymore and then he was like the husband was getting very upset with her and then all of a sudden she's like oh wait we don't have to argue about this anymore because i feel fine <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that's the one part i still haven't quite figured out um but yeah obviously every it's a great film and everyone in it is great and one thing i do know is um at one point during filming, after I know it was during the scenes after she cut her hair, uh, Mia Farrow received a phone call from Frank Sinatra one day, yeah, uh, ending their marriage just over the phone call. Yeah, nice guy. Well, at least he called her. Yeah, and I just picture that of just Mia, baby. And did you notice she 
he was reading the book she was reading was yes i can by uh sammy davis jr oh when she i noticed that this time when she's sitting on uh trying to like sit and read on the couch it was oh, yes I I can. yeah so she was married to sinatra at the time he was mad that the movie was taking so long because polanski was going over by a really long time and he wanted her to make a movie with him and she's like i can't i can't leave this movie yet so he um divorced her great guy well, she actually, she was going to leave the movie. She asked Bob Evans if she could leave the movie and he showed her an hour long rough cut because the filming had already been going on for a long time and said, watch this. You're going to win an Academy Award. And again, feeling to actor's ego, she was like, okay, I'm going to stay. And so her marriage broke up. And then in one of apparently the greatest snubs in Oscar history, she was not even nominated for an Oscar. That's, she should. I mean, I think everybody yeah. should be nominated. John Cassavetes is such a good villain. Yeah. He's just, I just love him. He, he's the best. He's like just such a piece of shit. Yeah, I, I honestly, I didn't know that she wasn't even nominated. That's, that's genuinely insane to me. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I know, yeah, like I said earlier, Ruth Gordon won. She's so great though. Just one other point about that book she's reading, Yes, I Can, by Sammy Davis Jr. I read that this was uh, chosen on purpose uh, because Sammy Davis Jr. didn't know this. He joined the Church of Satan during this period. Oh. He stayed, he, he joined a cult, uh, which he understood not to be about devil worship, but about oh. unbridled naturism and hedonism and about enjoying the pleasures of the flesh. Okay. Go Sammy Davis. Nothing wrong with that. Yes. Uh, he stayed with the church until one hedonistic orgy <laughs> got out of hand for various reasons. Uh, he then, that made him disillusioned and he wound up fleeing the party and the church all at once. But why does he need to join a church to have an orgy? He's Sammy Davis Jr. He could probably just do that normally. I don't think he needed an official, official group to join for that. I think this was just, you know, a way to find like-minded people as, as any sort of cult-like uh, groups are. You're searching for something. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, that really is. I, I did not know that. Yes. And also, I think because it was one of Frank Sinatra's good. good yeah, friends. that's what I was thinking. And then I was yeah. thinking of like the line of spinal tap, spinal tap where he's like, yes, I can if Frank Sinatra says it's okay. I had that t-shirt somewhere. I don't know what happened to it, but yeah. Well, yeah, and I think this is a film that has a lot of, like, to your point, what you were saying earlier, there's a lot of layers to this. Like, you know, the baby is due in June of 1966, which is 666, the sign of the devil. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. There had to be a purpose for that. You know, she also, Rosemary herself was raised Catholic, but her husband Guy was half Jewish, half Protestant. So her family, that was another thing, her family had somewhat dis, sort of disowned her for marrying outside of the faith, which is another reason why, because I kept being like, where is any, why doesn't she call anyone from her family and be like, yeah. this is all messed up, but. All that stuff is kind of described through the, the dream sequences and that's all very vague and you have to kind of put it together, but yeah. Yeah, because she's really sad. I mean, she really is on her own and, you know, he is an abusive husband and isolated her and gaslit her and made her seem like she was crazy and it's uh it's a really upsetting movie oh but so what we should say is the end of the film rosemary gets brought back to her apartment she's so upset goes into labor she wakes up she has that creepy lady sitting next to her the one that's always doing needlepoint yeah 
and she hears a baby crying. They Saperstein and the husband guy come in. They're like, the baby died because of you. Cause you, we, we should have gone to the hospital. <laughs> to really add insult to injury. They're like, and by the way, this is your fault. Um, but she's hearing cry, a baby cry and starts looking through the apartment, sees the closet that was originally blocked off that the old woman had blocked off the previous tenant and sees there's a room back there and follows the sound to tons of people like in this big room kind of celebrating this baby and she goes up and peeks in and what's amazing about this movie is we don't ever get to see the baby so you just imagine what it looks like and she sees that it's something's wrong where she's screaming about his, the eyes like what's wrong with yeah, the eyes? eyes and she realizes oh shoot and and the, the big disclosure because they're all hail satan and the whole thing and so she's left with the decision at the end of the movie do i do i mother this child which is man poor rosemary yeah essentially yes because she then starts to go to care for the baby as it's crying yeah yeah, I know. I know the book had a sequel, and I think there was like a TV movie sequel, but I never, I never watched it. I heard it wasn't that great. We should though. Yeah. My first thing, I would go. I will um, be the mother, but <laughs> my first request is that guy never is successful, and let's throw him out on the street. I they would do that. I'd be like, I want his life to be completely ruined. I think, I think, I think there's some deep connection to that. His name is Guy because it could just be any guy could do this. Any, he's an everyman. That's one for the scholars a few years later to figure out. <laughs> that's one for the scholars or any woman that's ever dated or man <laughs> matter, I guess. But yeah. Um, yes, this was based on a book. And in the, the, the book went on longer than the movie did. So in the book, she considers killing the baby that they name Andy. That's what I would have. I mean, that sounds terrible. That's what you need would need to have done. And then she'd have to jump out the window. But yeah, well, she does decide to raise the raise the raise the demon and try to love and mother him to let her good-natured human personality influence him hopefully to do good but she also in the book reports everything to the pope and the vatican to let them handle the issue as they see fit bureaucracy yeah so uh a lot more happened in the book but in the movie i think he wanted to leave it open-ended like will she or won't she that that sounds like a william castle kind of thing well, William Castle did want to show a grotesque baby, but he got vetoed by uh, Roman Polanski. Yeah, I like that they didn't because it because they just the way they describe they say the eyes, so you know. And the scene where she is being raped, you see the eyes of the of the devil, and then they mention like the feet and the hands. So it's like, what's happening? Are there hooves? Like, All description. Yeah, so you kind of let your imagination, which I like with a lot of horror movies. Your imagination can usually um, picture something worse than what they could actually show. Oh yeah, it's so much more powerful. Bruce Bay uh, spawned a few similar movies around the time too. I really liked here. I just want to say, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, one of my other ones I really like is The Sentinel. I don't know. Is this? Does there a scene in this movie, Jack? Because when you mentioned that to me, I was like, I know I've seen this. Is somebody? Is it like? I want to say Susan Sarandon, but I could be wrong. But somebody's naked and they're like walking around in the. Yeah, it's Beverly D'Angelo. That's it, Beverly D'Angelo. Yeah. Oh, of course, this would be the second movie we've seen naked Beverly D'Angelo. Yeah, uh, Chris Sarandon is in it. He actually gets like top billing, but the the main character. Yeah, I know, um, I know, a Sarandon was involved. Yeah, the main character though, Christina Rain. She she is like the only person in this movie who like didn't go on to like huge stardom because like Jeff Goldblum pops up for like thirty seconds, and 
uh, tell you, Tom Berenger pops up as like man at end. Like he's literally <laughs> credited as like man at end of film. Berenger. Um, but, so what's that one? That one's also like a weird. Oh yeah, yeah. Right? So it's like uh, similar, like a, a girl, it's a young girl who's kind of trying to find some independence um, from her boyfriend. Um, not sure if she wants to get married or not, a little different, but she finds her own place similarly. Uh, just, oh, it's, it's like an open place, blah, blah, blah. From Ava Gardner is the... Uh, real estate agent or Frank Sinatra connections oh that's true yes Sinatra's ex-wife um oh yeah she goes in and long story short I won't go as so much detail to this one uh Burgess Meredith and there's some other people in there that are just real kooky and everything long story short they all turn out to be kind of ghosts uh in this hotel uh, apartment she lives on turns out to be like the top of a portal to hell uh and it's actually secretly run by like the Catholic Church and they have to put a person at top as the sentinel to kind of guard over as like a holy relic. Oh. And it, it's kind of dark and kind of like, the, I, I don't think the church liked it too much because it kind of starts a dark light on it. I think that's the least of their problems about what's shutting Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, back then, yeah, yeah, it was a different <laughs> uh, But yeah, because pretty much they were like sacrificing people to protect, you know, this gateway to hell. Right. Yeah. They're like one person versus. Yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah that, it was a good movie. Um, I like that one. That was, I'm gonna watch it again. I haven't yeah. seen it in a long time. Oh, yeah, Christopher Walken's in it. He has one line. Oh. If Burgess Meredith is trying to make you move in somewhere, don't do it. Like that one, Burnt Offerings. Oh, yeah, I just watched that the other day, too. That movie rules. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, um, one other movie. This came out a little bit later, but it's a bit different. Uh, Possession with Sam Neill and Isabella Jani. I'm not, that one's too scary for me, right? It's, I don't know if it's scary, but it's absolutely bonkers. Uh, it, it's a, starts off for like the first 30 minutes, kind of like a exorcist me throws marriage baby situation mixed with like a little Kramer versus Kramer into it. It's like, wow, that is, I didn't see that twist coming. It, yeah. It's, it's like a, a couple on the rocks and they have a kid together, but she's like dating someone and slowly, uh, this relationship she keeps talking about is more and more like demonic sounding. Like, so it's, uh, she is possessed, but the way she describes it, it's more of like a relationship she has with the devil and, or whatever happens. And then there's just weird stuff, but it gets unbelievably bonkers. There's, uh, it's very artsy fartsy. I think it won at con in like the oh. 80s, like 81. There's a very well-known scene in a subway where she kind of loses her shit and has a, a kind of like a miscarriage situation. On the subway? Um, yeah, on the subway. Well, she kind of wanders into like the halls and stuff, but it's supposed to represent the loss of her faith and, or something like that. It's it's really intense scene, but it's crazy. It's a wild right, one. Maybe I'll do that one. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's, I think the interesting thing about Rosemary's Baby, obviously this is a highly religious film. I mean, Rosemary is Mary. That's sort of easy to figure out. Um, they, I read that uh, they named the baby Andy is named after Adrian Marcato. By the way, that's hilarious that the devil of spawns name is Andy. <laughs> like, that is very funny. Well, named after Adrian Marcato, who was Roman's father, who was the infamous Satan worshiper and witch. So there's a lot of, anyway. They say Adrian in the movie, but the fact that they're going to call, yeah. call him Andy. Andy. Is, is very funny. Well, it's just a baby, you know. Um, hey, Andy, he's Adrian's too formal for a baby. That's right. That's right. I think that I had, again, I'd never seen this movie. I didn't find this movie scary at all. The only, you know, there was one scene where she's frantically trying to lock out her husband um, from the apartment because she, you know, thinks that 
rightfully so that he's uh trying to get her to have the devil's baby and uh <laughs> but then you see there's people in the apartment that she doesn't realize that that was where they walk past yes you see these yeah. old and it's always old people but anyway these old people oh. are walking by but it's interesting because I think, again, I think if you are a Catholic, this is probably a horror film in terms of your much deeper than like, a, what do they call it? A jump scare or something. Yeah. This this gets at the very root of your belief system. I agree because I was raised Catholic. I mean, I don't practice now, but my grandparents are very religious. And that's why I think The Exorcist gets me so much. Anything that it's like revolves in that kind of world. I think it hits you in a different way. It's a huge theme. It's it's good against evil. It's literally, the, she is literally surrounded by Satan and his worshipers. They're not having fun orgies with Sammy Davis Jr., yeah, you're right. They're actually, they're very mellow Satanists. They don't, they don't do too much. Yeah, like do something fun. <laughs> I also didn't understand why it was always so, it was always senior citizens. Like there were never any young Satan worshipers. They're all- It's hard to recruit them. I don't know. Yeah, I think once they get in their little club, they just like that. And, you know, the time frame is better for everybody on there. They don't have to stay up late. <laughs> well, what I like too is that they, it's, you know, they had- you could tell they were uh, they were welcoming people from like other countries, like other Satanists from other towns or countries or whatever, or like coming in to see the baby. It's like a, you know, full, then you realize it's like a full network that they're all connected and different. It's not just New York City. So let me ask you this, um, Jackson, you, you said this is one of your, I know you've seen literally hundreds, if not thousands of horror films. You said this is in your top five. What, what puts it up, up, what makes it to that caliber? I just think the the rewatchability, like I said, every time I watch it, you know, there's there's something else I notice that's you know part of the the, the conspiracy of you know just little things of even like I noticed the other day, like or when I watched it, uh, there's a part where um, Ruth Gordon comes to the door. Rosemary's holding a, a box that she got from somebody, the Lady Grace, that was Hush's friend. Uh, and Ruth Gordon just even, oh, where'd you get that from? Oh, Grace, I love that name. And oh, where I used to live in that building. Like she's just gathering, everybody's gathering information at all times yeah. to make sure uh, that everything goes smoothly. They're always prepared. They're always looking for something uh, right in front of her face without her realizing it. Yeah. I know Ruth Gordon's character, Minnie, was, I like her, but she so quickly became so annoying that she was there all the time. I was like, oh my, this woman is smothering her. I mean, by design, but. Mm-hmm. she really went from being this sort of like oh kind of eccentric neighbor who's kind of nice to have around to like a real ominous presence every time she showed up yeah well she had an agenda yes and I think the other things that you missed that I read about later are you know in order for this satan witchcraft to work they needed actual possessions of the people that they were trying to curse oh, so yeah they stole hutch's uh the guy steals hutch's glove and guy also the guy his acting nemesis he switches ties with him in order for that curse to happen that he can go blind yeah there's a lot of like little quickity quick things that happen that you don't really notice until after you're like oh wait that's how hutch was missing his glove oh guy must have taken his glove like it's not immediately apparent yeah and one thing you're you see when you saw it, it wasn't that scary. And yeah, I'm like, I'm pretty desensitized to all that stuff. I don't find it. But I, I do think in 1968, you know, especially the part where you do see like the demon's eyes and things, people are probably pretty freaked out. I mean, when they just have, you know, Vincent Price running from a plastic skeleton. What's scary about it is the psychological, you know, she thinks she trusts and 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's and and you know believes. You know, it's it's realizing that the person you trust the most is betrayed you, and like this is like probably the worst way you could do it. But I mean, that in and of itself is upsetting. Yes, and the whole rape—you don't know. You don't know initially if that is actually a dream or if it happened because it seemed like it was a dream, and then when you don't realize it until she wakes up and has the scratches on her body that it was actually happening. Yeah, and then you're like, that happened. <laughs> How did they even get him out of the depths of hell? I mean, really, I mean, logistically, you got to hand it to the Satanists because they really did their did their work. Yeah, they were working. It took a while. It took a while. Yeah. Why did it take so long? They're old. I mean, to our point, they've been working at this probably for a real long time. Yeah, he grew up in that. Yeah. It's just now they were able to get a couple in here willing to do it. Well, that's what I had read. I read that the young girl who was staying with them, they must have wanted to get her impregnated. But she probably was like, wait, I'm not doing that. And then they killed her by throwing her out the window. Yeah. 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 She was the first, uh, the first choice, I guess. And then some, something about her either wasn't perfect or they decided that Rosemary was a better fit or something. Uh, it's one of those things I don't think is ever fully, fully explained. Yeah. But she was another person that didn't have a family. She also was saying that, like that she only yeah. had a brother in the Navy, like this vague, I have a brother yeah. in the Navy and that's it. Mm-hmm. So they certainly preyed upon people who were isolated and they could easily manipulate. Yeah. And the thing, is that real Tannis root? Is that like a real thing? No, I read that too. They made that up. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I wasn't sure either. Yeah. Well, they kept talking about what it smelled like. And I was like, what is eyeball? That's one thing I was like, what did it smell it? That is a great scene where she's, when Rosemary goes to Saperstein and the receptionist is like, oh, you're, you smell different now. You don't have that gross smell on you anymore she's like what and she's like yeah well someone should tell dr saperstein because he smells like that too his aftershave and she realizes he's in on it that's yeah. right the same thing she just never noticed a tennis is also i guess another anagram there's a lot of anagrams in this yeah she gets the scrabble board out yeah, yeah for satan but i guess an a, a archaic spelling of satan was i-n so if you s-a-t-i-n tennis is the other way oh. A lot of layers to this onion. There is, but that, yeah, that's a good Jack saying. It's like every time you watch it, you're like, oh, that's another clever, you know, you always pick up something new. Yes. And, and to your point, Roman Polanski was a perfectionist. He made them do these scenes over and over again. It ran so far beyond budget. Uh, the scene where she walks through traffic in New York city, they, I guess they couldn't close down the street. So he had her walk in real traffic through the city. And he was like, I don't think anyone's going to hit a pregnant woman. So don't worry about it. <laughs> and, and he he was the camera operator for that because he he was like i'll i'll be the camera operator we're just gonna walk across the street well she almost does get hit a couple of times yeah it's crazy i mean i think we all know what new york city traffic is like those cars do not stop i'm not gonna stop for you we're gonna run <laughs> right on over that would have been the end of the movie a different ending yes and the exteriors of that building that was in fact the dakota which is the fake building where john lennon was shot tons of notable people live in that building yeah even now yeah it's beautiful like it's a beautiful building yes i don't think it's home to many struggling actors who have only been in a couple commercials right (laughs) yeah (laughs) i think it's home to now probably hedge fund operators and you know right exactly well all right so on our muldoon scale do i even have to ask i guess not Anne's giving me a look obviously it's the the best 
Yes. So a Muldoon is like the best. A Muldon't is the worst. And in the middle is a Muldeen. <laughs> Should just be a Modine. <laughs> oh, we, no, we had Modine at one point. I, I don't I don't care for Modine, I've decided. Well, it's just kind of eh. Yeah, Modine's Modine. You know what? I shouldn't say that. He's fine. You know what? God yeah. bless Modine. God bless. I saw him on the street one day too, and I was like, oh. Um, no, I mean, this is great. It's it's you know, Muldoon. It's t- <laughs> yeah. Um, no, yeah, like I said it's it's up there. Um, oh yeah, one other similar one. They're more recent without the Satan-y stuff. Uh, Midsummer is very, very similar in tone. Yeah. Uh, to to the movie, uh, just with you know, a woman being manipulated by people all around and forced into something without kind of making her want to join into something without even realizing yeah. it. It's it's so good. Another shitty boy boyfriend. Uh... Oh yeah, he's he's the worst. Like I said, it's very, very similar with all that just, you know, less less Satan stuff, more just weird cult stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I would say uh, just in similar tone movies, I recommend The Sentinel, uh, Possession, and uh, Midsummer. Hmm. There you go, everybody. So uh, strap yourself in because they're 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 rough ones. Yeah, a wonderful oh. wonderful slash depressing uh, film <laughs> festival for for you at home. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Sentinel's not that depressing. It's it's all good fun. These these. This is a brain bomb that'll hurt you uh, in the end. Uh, and yeah, this will this will make you feel sad. But um, midsummer. But ha- but but um, you'll feel um, what's this? What's the word I'm looking for? You know, a sense of release at the end. Like it's all it was all meant to be. She seems satisfied with this, so that's, that's good right. for her. That's right. That's right. <laughs> little, little Florence Pugh. Yeah. Florence Pugh was in that last one, Midsummer. Yeah, yeah. She's the main Star character. Right? Oh, I missed that. Star of it. Oh, well, one thing I'll tell you, I'm glad I did not go to the movies to see the latest Halloween movie. I haven't seen it yet, and oh I know I'm going to be disappointed, but I have I, to- I won't say any anything involving it. I just, it, it was not, I did not enjoy it. Is it better <laughs> no. than the second one? Because the second one was no good. No, if I have to be honest, I actually enjoy the second one more than this Oh, brother, one. we're in trouble. It just, it, it didn't, the arc they chose for this one should have started, like, in the first one. It just okay. all seemed very, like, truncated mm. and like like the other ones didn't matter at all i loved the first one yeah i did too i thought that was great and uh yeah the, the last one was like cheesy but like like enjoyable enough because it was like you know kind of glory and like you know yeah it was glorious, like doing his stuff that was cool but this one was just i don't know it tried to like i don't know what it was trying to do it was trying to set something up new but not really and like, i don't know it didn't it just it just fell flat well, now I got to watch it. You know, they're redoing The Exorcist too, the same team. Yeah, yeah. And Ellen Burstyn's in it. So, I mean, you got to, I mean, that's like legally see that. I I was, uh, I don't know if you watched The Exorcist TV show that was on a few years ago on Fox. No. Um, no. It was really good. And it, yeah. And it actually followed, like, there was like a, when they, when they debuted it, they made it seem like it was like its own thing. Like it had nothing to do with Reagan or anything like that. And then like, Gina Davis was the main character into it. How did I miss this? I didn't even know, remember this. It was maybe like 2015 or so. I don't. I don't really? know. Yeah, uh, Gina Davis was the main character. Um, and long story short, there was like a big twist in one of them that she was actually Reagan, and she like changed her name and stuff. And then Ellen Burst. It wasn't Ellen Burst, but like the mom came back and stuff. And it was actually like a continuation of like Reagan story, and I got into some like weird stuff with like the Vatican and all that. It was. I liked it. But I'm gonna it, watch it. Yeah, if you can, I think it's on one of those. It's on something. 
But my recommendation then is Exorcist 3. Because Exorcist oh, yeah. 3 rules and has probably the scariest jump scare in any. Oh, yeah. But in the movies with Stevie, she still remembers me screaming so loud in the movie <laughs> theater that people turned and looked at me because I screamed so loud at that part. Yeah, because you know, it's like silent for like three minutes straight. And then like it's just like, boom, like there's, oh, geez. Best jump scare of all time. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, I've, that's a big, that's, that's probably my top, uh, that might also be my top five, but I definitely my top 10. I don't know. I never really put the list together, honestly. What's your number one? You have a number one? I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know. You no, know, it's very hard. It's subject. It's, it's yeah. one day could be one thing, another one's the other. I decided the other day, my number one's um, Poltergeist. Yeah, no, it's good. I mean, honestly, the movie that I say is my most enjoyable movie to watch that I can watch anytime that I'm always going to enjoy is Predator, just because I feel like it's like a mixture of everything perfect of the 80s. It is good, like, Yeah. Of that. And it's just, it's just awesome. And if anybody, yeah, follow Jack's Instagram account because he's always posting like yeah. random movies that you've never heard of. Yeah. That are- uh, an early Wes Craven, like oh. Invitation to Hell, starring Susan Lucci. <gasps> Susan Lucci? Okay, well, I have to watch that. This uh, this is on Prime or Tubi or something right now. I definitely saw it on there recently. Yeah. yeah that's, uh, and uh, what's the other? The main guy is uh, Robert Urich. Oh. A, a Urich Lucci. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, uh, Lucci is a, uh, this is, actually, this is Rosemary-esque. I just realized it. Yeah, uh, Lucci is, I don't know if she's the devil or she's like a liaison for the devil, but she runs like a, like a, uh, if this is what year is this? Like 80, 84. She is prime Lucci. Yeah, and she runs like a like a country club. Um, she's she's run this country club, but you have to like sign your soul to the devil secretly to become a member of this club. Well, I have a feeling that probably really does happen in life, but yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> it's a good one. Yeah, check it out. That one does sound good. <laughs> That's right, that is right up our alley. It really is. It really, yeah, it is. It was a TV movie, an early uh, Wes Craven. Um, yeah, there you go. Pre, pre, uh, pre Freddy Krueger, Wes Craven. <laughs> I mean, that is right up my alley. You've okay. checked all the boxes on that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you had me at Lucci, and Yurik just put it over the top. <laughs> all right, well, I think that's a wrap on our Halloween month. Well, thank you, Jack. Once again, a delight. Great guests, yes. and we have great movies to to watch. And I'm we're for sure watching the Lucci one, Chrissy. That's yeah. happening. I actually agree, and I never agree. <laughs> <laughs> all right, ladies. Yeah, this has been great. All right, I appreciate you guys having me on. Thanks. Thank Jack. you so much for coming back. Outrageous.